Hello everyone, welcome to the next episode of Meet the Artist. With Meet the Artist we want to invite you to take a plunge down the rabbit hole into the strange, fascinating and magical world of circus. Today we have with us Antonia from Room 100 and of course Josa, my co-host. Hello Antonia, <laughs> do you want to introduce yourself real quick? Thank you for the invitation. Uh, my name is Antonia. I'm 32 years old and I'm based in Split in Croatia. I'm artistic uh, leader of Room 100. We started as a contemporary circus collective uh, with production of uh, different performances. And then in 2015, I switched to production more. My colleague remains in the uh, in performing, but I switched to production and now we have a residency venue here in Split and since uh, last year a uh, contemporary circus festival called Peculiar Family Festival. And you're incredibly involved in the circus network and have been involved in it for quite some time, right? Uh, yes, uh, we have been happy uh, with the circus next a lot because uh, we were one of the laureates in 2010 in the edition uh, that was the last one of Vision Talent Cirque Europe. And then immediately after that, they invite us to join the jury. So I was in a jury for two editions, once as a regular jury member and in the next one as a co-president with Mike and Moose from Rotterdam. And then we uh, joined the platform in 2017. We are still a proud member of Circus Next. And since 2016, we are partner. Uh, we are member of Circo Strada Network, and I'm also a member of a steering committee. And uh, last year, we joined the Circus Without Circus project that got financed by Creative Europe and is just starting. The first residency is going to happen in a month here in Croatia. Um, we are since now two years also part of the Circus Next network and we're happy enough to be part of the selection process in 2019, I think. And I was really wondering um, how it is going on behind closed doors in the jury. If you could <laughs> um, maybe tell us a little bit about that, what happens there and how it is. Uh, so I, it was different uh when you joined we changed the the whole concept so now i'm also a platform member and i'm not in the artistic jury and before it was the same the same people were part of the jury and part of the and were part of the network that was actually hosting the artist after they got pre-selected or selected uh it was quite uh, intense And I have to say that I like the new concept much uh, better because I think it's uh, it's more objective when we have the artistic jury that is not that doesn't have their own venues and festival and doesn't have this need to push their artist forward. Now we as there is a platform members that have the venues and festivals and we. Uh, choose the artist in the first round, but then the, let's say, winners, the laureates are choose by the artistic jury. And uh, it was also quite different before because we didn't have the national selections. 
uh, all uh, like the selection of a couple of countries, we have the big pool of, let's say, 200 applications. And each of the jury member had to read each of them. <laughs> so it was quite a lot of uh, job to do. And then you have to basically remember 200 applications in a way to have a, like a solid conversation and discussion about them. So now I think it's for the artists that are not coming in, uh, let's say, circus developed countries like France, Belgium, uh, Scandinavian country, it's much uh, easier for them to get pre-selected because you will have like, when we were one of the laureates, we were in the pool of 300 uh, application, the only one from Croatia. And it was quite uh, a surprise for us and for everybody that we were selected with the project. And now you have all this uh, uh, national selection or regional selection. And actually the people that are well uh, involved in the, in the sector uh, are choosing the artists and I think it's uh, it's the best way to do it because they know the artists. Thank you so much for the insight. That's super exciting to hear. Um, now we would like to try something out with you. This would be a first time and we would like to play a little game with you. Um, Leah, could you explain it? Yes, of course. So as many of you who follow us on Instagram know, we have been asking you for random words or also for topics, but for this game, we will use um, the words. And you gave us a lot of random words <laughs> and we uh, pre-selected some. And so now Antonia is going to say a number between one and ten. And then I'm going to check what word it is and we'll see where it goes from there. Mm, let's try with number seven. Okay. The word is underground. Underground. Yeah. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice word. <laughs> so what do you think of when you hear the word? Well, uh, I'm a fan of underground artists. <laughs> I had the discussion last summer with Roberto Magro. He was here for a, like an intensive uh, workshop for dramaturgy, for contemporary circus artists. And then we have this discussion about actually that there are a lot of artists that are not uh, mainstream, but they are doing a really, really uh, amazing performances. For example, uh, last year I was in Barcelona for a couple of months with uh, this new Iportunus uh, funding. And I was, uh, I, and I went to a performance in a squat. And then there were some amazing performances. And one of the performances I saw there was, uh, I don't know the surname, so I'm not going to pronounce it, but it's Chiara. And she is now pre-selected for the, for this edition of Circus Next. And it was quite, uh, interesting to see her first time there. And it was a really interesting combination of different performances. Not all of them were circus, but the 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 whole thing, the how they do it in the actually small squat and the selection of performances was really amazing. So I'm always trying to find this kind of uh, artists that are not really uh, mainstream and that. Not only that they are not uh, well known, that they also have a different way of doing production and doing performances. 
So Yosa, if you know any underground German artist, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> I would probably say that half of the scene of the German circus is underground. Nice. <laughs> um, but what is for you the definition, or maybe not definition, but what makes it underground? Is it maybe that they are not uh, artists who have done the typical career with going to circus school and then uh, joining a company? Or is it um, maybe that they've done this, but then do something quite different or new? I will say it can be any of that. I mean, I feel like an underground artist myself because I didn't went to any, didn't go to any of the schools, circus schools. So I'm like a self-educated contortion and acrobat. Uh, but I will say that for me, it is the way how they are thinking about circus and the topics that they are talking uh, in the performances. Because quite often in the, especially in last years, I feel like, Circus performances for me are getting quite boring and are not really, I mean, it's a bad thing to say, <laughs> but this is my opinion. Uh, and they're not really, they don't really think about the world and the society and the things that are going around. At the moment, they're just doing the performances like it's a, like a super normal world, but then it's not. And I really like when I, see some artists that are ref reflecting on different things. It can be like a personal story or just like, I don't know, things that are going on or going on uh, around them. So I really, really like the, and I feel that this kind of, let's say, engaged performances are coming more from the underground artist. Mm -hmm. So just to make clear that I understood. So it's more about the artists that use their body and their um, yeah, artistic abilities to talk about a topic that is either personal or societal or is creating some kind of um, discourse and not so much to show off what they can do, right? When I think about underground artists, then I feel this kind of artists are mostly doing this that they are really using their uh, physically able bodies to talk about different topics. And most and most of these kind of performances are not like uh, family circus performances. Like they, they, have like a, they have a strong opinion. They are not, uh, maybe they are a bit dark. They have some different uh, topics they want to talk about. Is this also the origin of the name of your festival? Peculiar families? Yeah, it's it's in a way, but there is also, uh, and it's very Croatian, <laughs> that uh, unfortunately we now live in a very right-wing country. And there is one uh, association that is trying to preserve a very uh, conservative way of living. And they have in their name, it's... Uh, what will be translation will be in the name of the family. So I, I was a little bit mocking them with my <laughs> peculiar <laughs> family because they are all for the very conservative male, female, uh, two babies kind of mm. picture of a Croatian family. 
and like it's ridiculous and then also there is this uh, my feeling and I think everybody can uh, agree with it that circus companies are really like small families and they are often very uh, weird <laughs> weird ones <laughs> but it's the only way how these uh, companies can really uh, work together and work for a very long time. I have this same feeling with my colleague Jakob that uh, actually we are now working for 15 years together. We are completely different, <laughs> uh, like character-wise, but we are managing to do it still. And I feel these uh, different characters and different uh, feelings uh, are a really good way how to have a, a really interesting companies and also to see what they can produce. And also there is a third layer on it, and it's the my idea to have this very intimate uh, connection with the audience, to really feel the audience that it's uh, it is their own festival, not my own. Like they can also be a part of the festival, not only as a spectator, but also as somebody that can uh, really choose what kind of performances they want to uh, watch. Because I often uh, ask them, like through Instagram, Facebook, just like emails, newsletter, what is their opinion and what kind of performances they want to see in Split. So I really want them to feel that it's their festival. And how do you manage this aspect uh, with an audience that doesn't maybe know so much about the performances? So I guess there's quite a big aspect of education and information that you have to still con like distribute and uh, in order for them to really choose based on knowledge. Uh, I mean, this is the thing that I started uh, in last year and a half because of this thing that people need to be educated before. Uh, so I, when we started working in 2015, it was just us that was choosing the, the performances. And in this way, we were educated them what is contemporary circus performance. So we were really careful about what we are going to uh, bring here. Like I didn't brought some of the performances that I really liked because I thought the audience is not ready for them. It's way too contemporary for them. So I started with something that is uh, less, uh, less uh, hard and more easy to understand and to appreciate. And then we didn't only uh, bring performances. We have different layers of, of projects that are trying to edu educate people. So for example, We have now, in seven different cities in Croatia, uh, a movie program. So we are screening different films that uh, talks about circus arts. It can be like a feature film. Uh, most of them are documentaries, but also some are animated for kids, etc. And then every screening, we have a talk with me or with some other coordinators to to talk about what we just saw and maybe there is some, sometimes the cast of the uh, film is joining us. So they're also talking with the audience. And each of the performances uh, is accompanied with Q&As. So after each performance, there is this 30 to 45 minutes 
talk between the artist, the team of the, of the performance and the audience. And this is something that is not common in Croatia. Like if you go to a normal theater performance, that you are not going to have this. But this is something I really pushed and I'm really happy with it because in the beginning it was really hard for everybody, <laughs> for audience especially, because they didn't feel uh, ready to ask any questions. They were like, really not feeling comfortable. And now like I have to cut them because like they want to speak for an hour and a half. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, now we go to have a beer and then you continue talking with the artist. So I'm always trying to, to have these uh, moments that are also... Uh, building the connection between us as organizers, artists and audience, but also have this educational moment. And what else? And also the good thing is that the media is really following us here in Croatia. So when whenever we have some activities, the the media like the press, different websites uh, usually uh, announce it and then also write, uh, let's say, a little critic about it. So it was also kind of a way how to, to bring contemporary circus closer to the people. And then we start this asking them, who do you want to see? For example, I, I, uh, I asked them to choose the circus next artist for this year. So who are we going to see in Split in 2021? And um, how is the cool. circus scene in Croatia? Is there a circus scene, and or especially um, like a contemporary circus scene, or is it more like <laughs> your bubble and your festival? Uh, there is, yeah. Uh, it, this is small but strong community. Like everybody know each other, and I think it's quite nice. Uh, I will say that Split uh, and Zagreb as a capital city are the, the two cities with the biggest uh, scene. Actually, Split now has a better working condition because of the earthquake in Zagreb last year and then also like just in de December. So some of the places that was used by the circus artists are unfortunately uh, closed now because they are dangerous. So Split now has the two best venues in the country. Uh, there are a couple of, uh, like, three festivals. One is Circo Balkana, the, by the people that are also in the Circus Next uh, network. And then there are two street art festivals. Uh, I've There are production-wise, I mean, I have this... We did a big analysis about the circus scene because of the virus, because we need to have a national uh, association of circus artists to receive some grants from, from the Ministry of Culture. So we have the big analysis of productions and what are the good things, what are the problematic things. I will say the, the, pro the problems are that the artists are not so eager to go across the border in any way, like to educate themselves, to like enroll in different schools or, uh, or academies, and also to travel around to apply to different open calls for residencies, presentation on different festivals. So I would like to 
see more of this, but it's not really happening. So we are also thinking how to really push the artist. So we started to co-produce Croatian artists as well. And we will see how that will help. Mm -hmm. And why do you think that is? Mm, I don't know. Maybe comfort? <laughs> maybe, okay. maybe a fear? Because I think it's easy to, there is a Croatian sentence uh, about it, that like, it's easy to be a big guy in your own village, something like that. <laughs> uh -huh. I think there is a fear of uh, comparing to uh, some other contemporary circus artists that are also emerging, not from Croatia, let's say from Germany, from Poland, and also... Maybe they are not so into contemporary circus. Maybe it's a good thing to do in a free time, but they are not ready to really dedicate themselves to the art and to training six hours per day and stuff like that. Yeah. All right, pick a next number. <laughs> number two. Okay. Oh, elephant. <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> Elephant. Well, there is a there is a good movie about it. <laughs> There's an apology to elephants about elephants being used in circus in different parks and also in like in safari and stuff like that. No. Uh, Yeah, I don't know what to say. I have a friend that always jokes about that. I will have much more audience if I bring a tiger. <laughs> tiger. So we have this ongoing joke about bringing a tiger <laughs> to the performance. Not going to happen. Goran, if you are listening, no, not going to happen. <laughs> um, in Germany, there is this thing called Sperrmüll. It's when you can put old furniture or just stuff you don't need anymore on the street and then the city sends um, a truck and they collect everything that is on the street. And it's right now in the street where I am. And um, this morning I saw a giant paper mache elephant. <laughs> <laughs> and I was actually thinking about it. Hmm. Did you take it? It was really, really nice. <laughs> Ah. <laughs> no, it was too big. <laughs> okay, do you want to pick a next number? We had two and seven. Uh, nine? Nine. Oh, indoor plants. Indoor plants. <laughs> plants, like the one behind you. Yeah, I'm a fan of that. <laughs> uh... Indoor. Yeah, there is a new... Uh, they were low, low rates of circus necks in the 2015-16 edition. They're from Belgium, Circus yeah. Katun. I don't know if you know them. And they are now doing something with not indoor plants, yeah. but grass. Mm -hmm. So I'm really interesting. And they, they are supposed to come here. And I'm really interested to see what they're going to do because I really like yeah. how they are sustainable and how yeah. they think about environment. 
So they perform on grass? With grass. They have grass. With grass. They, they have grass. The yeah. first performance, they use uh, a wood a lot. Then they have these big bags of something. There was like 50 kilo, kilograms of something <laughs> that they were using. I think it was sandbags Sandbag, or something, something like, like that. that. I think so. Yeah. And now they are they moved to grass. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's exciting <laughs> to see what they're gonna use next. <laughs> yeah, but this is the connection with indoor plants. Sorry, yeah. that's it. <laughs> but I have a question regarding indoor plants because um, at the Berlin Circus Festival we always use a lot of plants to decorate the bar and the merch and chill out areas, and we always have a little fountain we surround with plants. So we always use plants to make it more homey and cozy. And yeah, so the question is, what does your festival space look like? Similar like that. <laughs> uh, last year, I mean, the, the last year, the only year, um, we were based in the youth center. Youth center is a huge uh, squat in the middle of the center. And then we have this like... Uh, walking office in the first floor that is connected to the square and we were there for like two weeks before the festival so the audience the people that are just walking there can see that something new is happening and then as we were there for many hours we also made it homey with some sofa and furniture also plants Uh, like fridge and stuff like that and it was really like this kind of uh, this kind of feeling that you can come here come there sit have a coffee with us talk with us I mean it's it's quite difficult to do that with the virus but then we had a good uh, situation in September so we were more relaxed to do it We will see what will happen this year, hopefully the same, and hopefully you will also manage to do it normally. Uh, and then the festival was actually in different location, but this was like the main location with the festival office. We have one performance on the mountain. That was quite interesting. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. We have a like partners organization. They run a film festival on this mountain. Mm -hmm. And then we asked the young uh, circus students from Piste d'Azur to climb the mountain on Sunday morning <laughs> and perform at 10 in the morning there. And they were uh, crazy enough to say, yeah, <laughs> we will do it. And now I have to find uh, some, uh, another crazy person to do it for this year. <laughs> So, if anyone is listening and wants to climb a mountain in the morning, you can apply. It's a 45 minutes climb, but the people from the film festival is carrying all your stuff. So, you just need to carry yourself to the mountain. And they are carrying all the equipment you need. But is it like an actual climb or is it an uphill walk? It's an uphill 45 minutes walk. Well, it might be that you receive now applications for climbers <laughs> trying to find difficult locations. That's also okay. <laughs> um, when is your festival going to happen this year? Uh, from 8 till 12 of September. You are invited to come if you want. 
it's a plan already. We finish our festival, I think, on the the fifth or something. So we have time to sleep for three days and then. And I mean, split in this September, it's like you can still uh, swim and it's quite sunny and warm. So it's a good way how to uh, relax after the, your festival. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we should just come with the whole crew. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay, should we do one more word? Let's try with number five. Oh, obstacles. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest for last. <laughs> I don't know what to say about it. I mean, let's say the whole, let's be a contemporary circus artist or producer in Croatia is one big obstacle, but it's also something that I really uh, somehow enjoy. And then, yeah, I was... Uh, I was remembering about being a performer before and then, then I wrote uh, some post on Facebook and one colleague that is also a producer asked me, do you, do you, I know that you prefer to be a producer because there are more obstacles as a producer. And then <laughs> sadly, I agree that actually I like, but yeah, there is mu much more obstacles <laughs> for me in the production world. And I really like this, this thing that it's always a different kind of problems, a different kind of solutions, and it's never boring and it's everything mm. uh, new. I mean, the budgeting and uh, trying mm. to find enough funding is always same and boring and like pain in the... <laughs> <laughs> But the, the, the fun is when the things are really happening and when you are organizing something. For example, now I'm, we have a new project from last summer that really didn't happen. Like I didn't really plan it, but then when it started to really going on, then I was, oh, it's a good project. And it's this kind of things to bring a contemporary circus to a mountain. So we have a different, now we have a project that is actually bringing contemporary circus to secluded location in Croatia and to the small, uh, really, really small cities and islands that doesn't have like connection to contemporary uh, art in general. So of course not to the contemporary circus. So we have this mountain performance and then we have a performance on an island that is the furthest from the, from the land. And then this year we are going to do it in a small city inland and in a really, really small uh, city that is close to Zagreb. So this is kind of things that are really uh, inspiring me for this year to do this kind of things. And of course, there is going to be a lot of obstacles because it's one thing when you are based in a theater or, or in this youth center and then you have all the equipment that you need. And the other thing is to actually uh, travel to an island and then realize that you are missing one cable <laughs> and that there is actually no store for this kind of equipment there. You can like buy groceries and buy some pills and that's it. <laughs> mm, and I can imagine, especially being in Croatia, where the bubble of contemporary circus is not that big, so there's lots of opportunities and things you can do that actually haven't been done yet, 
right? Basically, everything is new. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for example, this uh, project that I just uh, spoke about, it's really thrilling for me, but it's amazing to see the reaction of audience because they never saw it uh, live and they never thought that they are going to see it on their small island or in the small uh, village. So it's amazing to have this reaction of the people. And usually it's uh, quite uh, old people that are living there. But this, uh, this connection is amazing. And also when they realize that something is happening, everybody, everybody is joining and trying to help out in any way that they can. So this connection with the community is amazing. So you forget about the obstacles with this. But yeah, in Croatia, most of the things you do with the circus, you are the, it's the first thing. Um, there was one word that I want to throw in again, um, because I thought it really suits you quite well. Uh, it's called uh, artist activist. <laughs> And uh, yeah, it was kind of the, what, what would come up for you in this, uh, in this um, context of artivist. Mm, for me to be artist or producer in Croatia, it, you have to be an activist as well. And I really like, uh, I don't understand some of my peers that are just doing the art or doing the production and not, not talking about the things that are not working in the, in the field. So I, I have a lot of experience and I'm really eager to talk about the things that are not good and that can easily be changed. Uh, I have an ongoing fight with the city of Split because okay. uh, there is like this, when you talk about funding uh, contemporary arts and culture in Croatia, there is this like uh, idea that we don't have money for it. Actually, we have a lot mm. of money for the culture, but it's going to wrong, in a wrong ways. So we have, uh, they have, uh, a, they put a lot of money to the institutions mm -hmm. and the institution has enormous number of people that are working there. And then when you compare the products, the performances that they are doing, you don't really feel this level of, okay, we are putting this more money in the institution, but they are producing like amazing awarded performances. That is not happening. Mm -hmm. It's like an ecosystem that is there for itself, not for the audience, not for the young artists, not for the community, like just for themselves. So I'm really uh, always in this fighting and advocating to, to change things. Last year was really a challenging one for everybody and also for Croatian artists and for the circus artists. And we were talking with Ministry of Culture a lot and then we managed to change some things because they had some, like, for example, they announced that they are, we have this yearly uh, funding And then we have an, uh, one open call and it's like, like this for many years. And mm. you apply for the projects, they can be for uh, during the whole year, they can be like smaller, like festival and stuff. 
And then they announce in like middle of summer that they are going to open this goal, but only for the project for the next, for the first three months. And then we were like, people, it's impossible to plan anything, like to apply each three months and then you cannot uh, plan anything. For example, I always have a problem that uh, international artists doesn't, uh, they are not used to waiting this long for the funding. And then I'm always like rewriting this email. I have I I cannot confirm you yet because we didn't receive the funding. For example, they published the results last uh, week. So usually we lose two two or three months of the year just for just to wait the 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 result to have some idea uh, what will be our yearly budget. And for example, City of Split is probably going to announced result in June. For your festival? For the whole year. For 21? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we are doing a lot of things that are really risking and we are thinking about, okay, they are going to help us with this kind of budget, but we are not sure. And then we are just booking the artists and bringing them here on a risk. And then we, <laughs> we are a bit nervous. But like for many years it was like this and we were never uh, like in a big problem. Yes, so to be an artist and a producer in Croatia, for me it's very, it's completely connected to be an activism in, in the same field and to really fight for, uh, for your own field but also for the whole sector. For example, last year also my city decided that if you want to come to Split and do street performances, you have to come for audition. So so they auditioned for the city? Yeah. Who's judging that? Uh, people that are like city councils. Who have no idea about street performance. Who have no idea about the street performance. And then I had this big... Uh, I have a letter that was signed by uh, street artists from Croatia, Italy, Slovenia, Serbia, people that are actually around Croatia. And then we, I wrote them like <laughs> all the problems in this idea. And in the end, they decide to lose this policy. And now I'm put in, some, in this council to actually decide who can perform but there is no audition they just send an email with some video and then I say of course because it's street arts and busking and it's not an auditioning thing so you're actually on the forefront of making and creating better conditions for the people and the artists I hope so I really try my best to to see the problems and to propose some solutions and then advocate actually for the best. Well, respect for that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I think we can all relate how it is to be an advocate um, in the political field also through the art form that you're doing. Yeah, there is always a risk of actually losing the funding. But I don't feel uh, okay if I just and if I'm just keeping myself silent, 
And if I don't speak about bad things, because it's ne- I never do it in like, you are wrong, it's like, it's, you are stupid or some things. I always try to say, okay, this is not the best idea. There are people or organizations that did it before, and we can use their example and their good practices and know-how to do it in Croatia or do it in Split. So let's work together. So I'm not, it's like, it's never going, I'm not the kind of activist that is just, oh, no, 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 we are not going to do it. Um, sometimes I don't feel good uh, going to different meetings and actually being in the same room with people that are completely not my cup of tea. But for the greater good, it, sometimes it needs to be done. And then you come back home and you shower yourself and it's better. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally, yeah. Yeah, cool. So I think we can move on to the last question we ask all of our guests. And that is, what is circus to you or what means circus to you? And then um, what does the Berlin Circus Festival hashtag rediscover circus means to you? Oh my God, the hardest question ever. I hate this kind of <laughs> question. Uh, for me, circus is a risk and it should be a risk. And I feel a little bit sad that we don't see this risk anymore. And I really appreciate different artists that put us in this risky situation. Not only by doing some, uh, not in a basic way of doing some amazing trick that you feel uh, uncomfortable watching, but also in the way that they make you feel by watching their performance or like participating in their festival, that you feel that, that you have some kind of emotion. This is for me the circus. Uh, and rediscover circus, it's quite a good, good hashtag for, for, for your festival. And I was there, I don't know, many, five years ago. And it really makes sense when you have the whole uh, traditional circus history in your country. For Croatia, it would be get to know circus. <laughs> <laughs> Because we don't have this kind of uh, tra- tradition. Uh, what else? Uh, I also, somebody asked me what is, uh, what I like, uh, what is for me innovative in a circus. This is the same thing. To really feel this old feeling that was there in the traditional circus, the risk. Uh, and this is what I'm searching for in my own work and also in the work of artists and different producers that I'm meeting. Yeah, I hope cool. it's a good answer. It's great. Well, thank you so much for your time and your input. Yeah, thank and, you very um, much. For everyone listening, uh, remember to apply for climbing the hill <laughs> in Split. <laughs> yeah, and, please, uh, if yeah. somebody is listening and is willing to climb and to perform, let me know. And thank you guys for the invitation. It's really nice to speak to you and see you virtually. And yeah. hopefully we will actually be in the same spot soon. Hopefully somewhere. soon. Probably in split in the summer. Uh, that will be a good thing. <laughs> cool. 
Hey, then thank you so much. The podcast is mastered by Elias Sander, music by Jordi Little, and we are Leah and Yosa. Thank you for tuning in and stay flung and hear you in two weeks.